Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. You know, we talked last week and I, and I mentioned how we can declare our love for him. And in worship, in times like these, we want to just say, God, I love you, I love you, and that's okay. That is perfectly fine. But sometimes the greatest feeling is as we declare that we love him, it's hearing him say, hey, I love you. I love you. You can have your seats. And sometimes hearing that changes everything. It changes our perspective. It changes our outlook on things. Just hearing God tell you, hey, I love you. You know, this past Sunday, worship and second service and worship, both services was awesome, but second service, it was just, oh man, it was just something that happened. If you were there, you know it and you experienced it. I mean, it was just so awesome just experiencing the love of God. And right close to, to the, end of, the end of the worship you know, set, that last song that we were singing, Here in Your Presence, throughout that whole time, you know, we're just up there, we're declaring, you know, we're leading you guys into God's presence and just declaring how much we love him. That's our opportunity to just say, God, I love you, I worship you, I honor you. And during that moment, and I was going to talk with Pastor Cody about it. I, I talked with Pastor Ken earlier this week. During that moment, right towards the end of that song, I wasn't singing. I was just standing there. And it was almost as if I just felt God wrap his arms around me. And he very gently said, I love you, son. And if you were here and you saw it, I just, I kind of lost it. And I couldn't gain my composure because it's nothing like hearing your dad say, I love you. It makes every challenge, every trial, every situation that you may be going through at that moment, it makes it seem so small. Like it doesn't even matter anymore. Because my dad loves me. And as a worship leader, listen, we have to be trained. We truly, I've been trained to not lose my composure on stage. Like we go, I mean, you have to, you cannot lose your composure on stage. You've got to sing. You've got to lead people. But at that moment, all I was concerned about was the fact that my dad loved me. So again, I said last week that, you know, it's, it's not me declaring God when, when trials arise and, and situations and challenges come to my life, that me declaring how much I love for God does not help me. When I'm on the verge of giving up, on the verge of quitting, and I'm on the verge of throwing in the towel, me telling God, I love you, it's not going to help me to give me strength to keep going. But hearing my dad say, Son, I love you. 
is all the strength that I need. And if you've ever faced a challenge in your life, if you've ever been through a trial in your life, I know, and you don't have to lift your hand, and you are right on the verge of giving up, and I know that God came and he said, hey, I got your back. I'm with you. I love you. You talk about strength. You talk about a grace to keep going, to keep running. Anybody experience that? It's a feeling like no other. His love is so great, so vast. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go look at the stream from last week. It was amazing. Not just because I preached, but (laughs) I understand how that kind of came off right there. (laughs) No, it it, it was really good. But the reason why I'm asking you to go back, because I only got through my first point, so... It'll kind of help you to catch you up to where we're going to start today, and I promise I'm going to finish. I promise. I'm going to throw a little shot right here. It's not Pastor Ken. I'm going to finish. No. <laughs> we joke with Pastor Ken all the time. You know, it's funny. Sometimes when he's preaching, we'll make, we'll make bets, and we'll, we'll kind of tap each other. We'll send each other a text like, hey, he's not going to finish. Yeah, he's going to finish. Nah, he's not going to finish. And he always surprises us. Well, he, he, he surprises us sometimes. He will finish. But anyway, so go back and listen, listen to that, and it'll kind of help you, catch you up to where we're going to start this week. And last week at the end, I challenged you guys. In your notes, you'll see there's a portion that says, ask yourself this, and it should be completed in your notes. And if you don't have notes, lift your hand, and the ushers can make sure that you have it. But if you got a, a, a sheet of paper for notes today, then this portion is already filled in. And... The challenge I asked you guys to, to think about throughout this, the course of, of this week was, are you satisfied with addressing the symptoms? And last week, we talked about what the symptoms were, that the symptoms are just a, uh, they, they are really focusing or pointing towards a deeper heart issue, that at the core of any symptom that you may feel is a heart issue. And what Paul, and we're going to read the scripture here in a minute, what Paul is saying here is he's dealing with the issue of our heart. He's dealing with the the core issue because out of that, the Bible says that out uh, of our heart flow the issues of life. That's why we're supposed to guard our heart with all diligence. The Bible tells us that. In everything you do, guard your heart. And so I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4. Again, it's right at the top of your notes, verse 3, or I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 14, reading out of New Living Translation. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of every, everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. And if you're here this week for the first time, I ask everybody to underline that. So underline that. As all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ 
though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Paul was telling us a few things here in the scripture. And last week we talked about point one, that the first thing he was telling us was that we are to focus on our inner self, focus on our heart, focus on that deeper issue, which is the matters of our heart. And then the second thing that Paul tells us here, point number two in your notes, I promise you I'm going to finish. He tells us that we are to rely on the power of prayer. In another translation in verse 16, Paul says, according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened. Now, this, this uh, particular translation says empower you, but I love the, the other translation where it says that he may grant you. The key word in there is grant. And what, what Paul is basically saying here is no matter how hard that he worked, there was absolutely nothing that he could do to help them understand how much Jesus loved them. He says, I have to pray. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will grant you, will give you, will empower you, will strengthen you to understand this love because there's nothing that I can do to make you fully grasp it. God has to do it supernaturally by the power of his Holy Spirit. And when he does it, I can't tell you when it happens, but you just get it. When he does it, you just, you just understand it. You just get it. You get the love. You remember when you first accepted Christ? Some of you may have accepted Christ the first time the message, the gospel message came to you. The first time it was given, boom, you accepted. That hand went up and you, you accepted Christ, wherever you were. And if you're like me or like some others, it kind of took you a while. It wasn't just the first time. It was a couple times. And a couple times and a, and a few more times. But then there hit a point where you just got it. There wasn't something that that particular person said. It wasn't th that particular moment that you were in. No, it was because the Holy Spirit granted you the ability, the power to understand his love. It was at that moment that the Holy Spirit came and you understood, wow. He loves me. And you accepted Christ that day. And if we be honest, what happens, we waver in and out of that understanding. I'll just talk about me. You'll have to tell on yourself, I'll tell on myself. Waver in and out of that understanding of how God loves me. But the great thing about the Holy Spirit is that he just helps us to keep getting it over and over and over again. And we grow in that. We grow in that understanding of his love as we continue to get it over and over and over again. It's just like, uh, just like in a marriage. My wife and I, this July, we've been together for, we'll be to, have been together for 12 years. And in September, we'll be married 11 years. And throughout those 12 years, I have grown to love her so much more. 
I can say today that I love her now more than I loved her the first time I told her that I loved her. But it was because we continue to grow in that love through communicating, spending time with each other. I started to learn more about her and it started to make me love her that much more. It's the same thing in our relationship with the father. The more time you spend with him, the more time you communicate with him, you learn his character, you learn him that much more and it makes you fall deeper in love with him because you realize how deeply in love with you he is. My wife and I, we, um, we don't do it as much anymore, but you know, we used to, if every time she would tell me that I love you, she said, I love you. And I said, I love you more. And she'd be like, no, you don't. I love you more. No, you don't. I love you more. Y'all remember those, those times when you were first married? No, I love you more. <laughs> and then one day she told me, I said, I love you. Or she said, I love you. And I said, I love you more. She said, no, you don't. I said, well, I love you like Christ loved the church. So I don't think there's a love greater than that. She was like, you're right. And I got her. I finally won. <laughs> I'm used to losing in that battle, but I finally won. But I didn't just come to that understanding just by osmosis, just something happened and I came to that understanding. No, I prayed because I was reading that scripture. When God declares, and now I'm kind of getting over into, into marriage. Sorry, Pastor Lemoyne Lemoyne and Judy. And God tells us as husbands that we're supposed to love our wives like Christ loved the church. And so I said, well, Father, it's impossible for me to know how to love her like you loved us if I don't really know how you loved us. So how am I supposed to pour this love on her like you require of me if I don't even know how you love me? And so I went on this journey to understand and to know how much God loved me. And from that understanding of how much he loved me, it helped me to love her even more. Because now I understand, oh, I get how he loves me. And I'm supposed to love her the exact same way. The more that I understand God's love for me, the more that I love my spouse. The more, husbands, that you understand just talking to the men right now, how much God loves you, the better you will love your spouse. There's no greater love than the love that Christ has for the church. You agree? So Paul tells us that, in your notes, understanding is granted to us and it happens through prayer. And what he's saying is, you know, again, I can't, I can't make you, I can't make you fall in love. And my wife, she's a, she, I call her a matchmaker. She loves trying to get people connected. She has this friend over here and that friend over there. And, oh, you should meet this guy. And you should meet, because she just loves love. And she loves to see people come together. But oftentimes what happens, most of the time, what happens, the majority of the time what happens is they don't fall in love. Because the only thing she can do is she can introduce them and then everything else is up to them. And as 
a pastor here on staff, the, the, with, along with the other pastors, we can't make you fall in love with God. The only thing we can do is make the introduction. The rest is up to you. There's no message, there is no perfect message that I could preach, that any of us could preach, that could help you fully understand and grasp the love of God. And I've spent some time on this message, I really did, studying it and, and just really want to make sure that I, that I, got, I can say everything that I, that I need to say that God needs to, but even in that, I can't help you fully understand and grasp the love of God the way he desires for you to understand and grasp it. It happens through prayer. Think on this. How much time do you spend on your inner self, your heart, just praying for your own soul that God would open your eyes to see his love? How much time do you do it? Well, you may say, well, Pastor Dave, I didn't, I didn't even know that I was supposed to pray, pray for that. Well, now you know. Anybody remember G.I. Joe? <laughs> At the very end, they had those public service announcements and they give them the little tips and advice to the kids. I used to love that cartoon. And right when he finished the tips, the kids would say, well, now we know. And then the character would say, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> knowing is half the battle. Well, what's the other half? Now that you know that this is how you come to understand the love of God, what's the other half? It's doing. James 1 and 22 says that not to be a hearer of the word. Because what happens when you're just a hearer of the word? The Bible says you deceive your own self. So don't just be a hearer of the word. That's just half the battle. Knowing is just half the battle. The other half is you actually doing something about it. You actually applying what you now know. And so when Paul is telling us here that that we're to focus on our inner self and it, it happens through prayer, we come to understand and we come to know uh, um, God's love through prayer. When I ask you the question of how much time do you focus on your inner self? How much time do you focus on your heart? We talked about it last week about Jesus being the core. Jesus being the center. And when we begin to focus on Jesus being the center, he begins to make us aware of the issues, of the symptoms as we talked about last week in our own lives that need to be fixed. But see, what happens with us is that we'll see an issue and we'll say, okay, this is an issue right here. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna focus on this thing. I'm gonna get this fixed. I know this is wrong, but I've gotta, and I gotta get it fixed because I can't have this thing broken anymore. I gotta fix this. And we focus on this one issue here and what we don't realize is that we've got 10 other issues that popped up over there. But because our, our, our focus is set on this one issue here, those other 10 issues are left unattended. And so when we finally get to a place where we fix this issue, we say, whew, okay, I got that one done. And then you turn around and, oh my God, 
and now you become overwhelmed. Now you get to a place, how am I gonna fix all of this? I spent so much time, so much energy fixing that. Now all of this, how am I gonna fix all of this? But when you focus on Jesus being your center and Jesus being your core, then what he does is he says that, that you don't have to focus on the issues. Don't look at that. Just look at, just look at me. Look at, look, at, look at your relationship with me. Focus on me. And then in your time with him, he'll say, hey, you need to fix this over there. Hey, you need to stop talking to your wife that way. Hey, you need to stop treating your husband this way. Hey, take your kids out on a date. Hey, stop doing this at work. He'll start to fix all of those issues all at the same time. Because God is just that good. So, we talked about the three things that Paul tells us here in this scripture. The first thing, thing is focusing on our inner self. The second thing is relying on the power of prayer. The third thing, receiving God's love. Think on this. Are you sure right now that Jesus is crazy about you? At this very moment, are you sure that Jesus is crazy about you? Are you 100% sure that he so loves the world, but that he, not that he so loves the world, but that he so loves you as an individual? Pastor Don preached a message, and I'm sure he may preach it here at some point in time, up at, uh, at Ramah. And he talked about the story of when the disciples and Jesus were in the boat, and it was a storm, this, a huge storm came. And the boat is, you know, it's just shaking, it's rocking. And they feel like they're getting ready to be destroyed. I mean, this storm is so big, waves just all over the place. And they turn and Jesus is asleep. And so they go to wake up Jesus and they say, Jesus, we're getting ready to die. Don't you even care? Jesus gets up and he calms the storm. How many times in our own lives have we asked that question? When the storms of life are raging against us, when challenges and trials are coming against us, we say, Jesus, don't you even care? I'm drowning here. I'm struggling here. Don't you even care? And the fact of the matter is, we don't have an issue knowing that Jesus cares. We know that he cares. But our issue is, does he care for me? I see the good things that he's doing in Carmelita's life. And I know that he cares for Carmelita. But does he care for me? Does he see that I'm struggling? Does he see that I am drowning? Is there a part of you that's insecure and you're thinking, I don't know. I think he loves me. I've been told that my whole life, but I don't know. And if we all be honest, if I be honest, sometimes I go in and out of that knowledge of God's love for me. And if we all be truthful, we're there too, or we have been there before. There's sometimes that I've been so sure of God's love and then I've been prone to wander toward insecurity. 
Does he really love me? Does he really care? And then I get to this place when I'm in, in, in this, this time of insecurity, I get to this place where I feel that I have to do something to earn his love. And we all be there. We, we've all been there. Oh, I got to get up and I got to spend time in his word. I got I to I gotta get up. And if I get up at four o'clock in the morning and I pray, I know I just went to sleep at 2.30, but if I get up at four o'clock and pray and spend some time with him, he will know. He'll know that I love him. And I can earn his love back because I messed up. So I just get up a little early and pray so I can earn that love back. You can't earn it. It's not by your works. That's why Paul is saying here, he said, I have to, I pray for you that you would come to know and you would come to understand that God would empower you and strengthen you to know this love. So I ask you again right now, are you sure? Are you sure that God loves you? Are you 100% sure that God loves you? We talked about John 3, 16 last week, and we can all quote it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Let's look at John 15 and 9. And I said last week that that scripture right there is not declaring how much God loves you. It is t- telling you how he loves you. He loves you, so he gave, but that is not talking about the magnitude of his love for you. John 15 and 9, he says, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me. Think about how much God loves Jesus. Think about how much you love your own children. And he's saying, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Now, did you catch that? He says, just as, in so much as, in the same way as the Father loves you, Jesus, that's how much you love me. And if we be honest, it should probably read, just as the Father has loved me, cut that in half or maybe in a third, then that's how much you love me. Because it feels like that sometimes, right? He can't possibly love me the same way the Father loves him. But Jesus says, I do. Now, and I know some of you, you probably get the love of God and praise God for that, but for those of us, others, We struggle with that knowledge sometimes. And we need to know that God loves us. Listen, I can't study enough to know it. There's no exam that I can take and check it off and mark that I know the love of God. It happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. He helps me to understand that love. Pray this. God, empower me. Strengthen me so that I can understand your love for me. Circle that, put stars by it, underline it, put a box around it. Empower me, strengthen me so that I can understand your love for me. I was reading, I think it was a book or an article or something. And this guy was telling this story about how he had this dream. And y'all know how random dreams can be. You'd be on a plane and you go and you open the door to the plane and now you're playing basketball and then you trip and fall and next thing you know, you're rolling downstairs. It's like dreams can be random like that. So he was telling this dream and he was saying how he was on this plane with one of his friends and 
the door opened up to the plane. His friend had on a, on a bag, a, a book bag, and he threw him one. And so he took it and he just put it on. And he said, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with this? He said, just trust me. And he jumped out of the plane. And so he's standing at the door of this plane and he's panicking. He's got this book bag on his back. There's no instructions. He's like, am I supposed to pull it? Am I supposed to throw it down there after him? What am I supposed to do? And then he wakes up. There was no instructions on that book bag. There was nothing that, that he didn't give him any, any kind of awareness to say, okay, now once you jump, you do this, step one, you do this, step two, you do that, step three, you do this. He just gave it to him and said, trust me, and jumped. How many of you will feel secure in that? Can I tell you that security is not something to play with? It's not something to mess around with. You don't want to say, I think he loves me. I, I, I think I get the love of, of Christ. I think I understand his grace. The love of God is something we all want to be secure in. Remember this, there's a power in prayer and in the Holy Spirit that we have to trust. I got nine minutes, I'm gonna finish this. Let's move on. Five ways to fall deeper in love with God. Number one, stay on the other side of the cross. Stay on the other side of the cross. The cross, letter A, is only the beginning of our experience with God. Get over yourself, get over your failures, and move forward. God is not mad at you. Doesn't matter the, the mistake you made, doesn't matter how weak you think you are, God's not mad at you. He loves you. Number two, remember that God loves you more than you do. As a groom feels when his bride is walking down the aisle, that is exactly what God feels for you every second of your life. Women, you may not understand that. But I remember 10 and a half years ago, standing at that altar, watching those doors open and seeing the smile of the most beautiful woman I've ever saw in my life. And I remember that if it was dark in that room, her smile would have lit the entire room up. And I remember as she's walking down in this white dress, I saw perfection. I just wanted to give her everything that I could. I just wanted to love her with everything that I had. And there was nothing that she could do wrong that would change me or change my love for her. Can I tell you, that's exactly how Jesus feels about you every second of your life. Every time he sees you, he just wants to give you everything. He sees perfection. There's nothing that you can do that will make him change his love for you. Every second of your life. Man, I'm just crying so much today. Jesus. Number three, choose who you listen to. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. You know the devil means slanderer? He's the accuser of the brethren. Now, does God believe the accusations of the devil? No, because 
after Christ's sacrifice, after Christ's sacrifice, after Christ's sacrifice, God no longer sees what's wrong with you. If you've accepted Christ after that sacrifice, he no longer sees what's wrong with you. Because when he looks at you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus Christ. So does the devil accuse you to God? No. He accuses us to us. Don't listen to the lies that hate, the lies of hate and those lies that the devil wants to use to destroy us, but listen to God's love that adores and wants to help. Number four, reignite your love. Reignite your love. I fell deeper in love, and I'm talking about her a lot today. I'm getting some points. <laughs> it's not because I've done anything wrong. It's just because I love her. But I fell deeper in love with my wife because of spending more time with her, communicating with her, talking, talking to her, but also listening to her. And she fell in love with me because she has no taste. No, she has great taste. <laughs> Falling in love with God is that same principle. The more time you spend with him, the more time you talk to him, but here's the key, the more time you listen, you'll fall deeper in love with him. Talk to God daily. Let her be. Don't be in a rush. Give your soul time to hear understand and adore him. And that's sometimes in our prayer, prayer time, that's what we do. We just, we just want to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And we don't give God an opportunity to talk back to us. Just as, as much as you want to talk to him, listen, he wants to talk to you as well. Give yourself time to hear the voice of God. And number five, as the worship team comes up, don't overlook the power of your praise. Don't overlook the power of your praise. I like how in Psalms, David, he, uh, uh, he tells his soul to sit down, be quiet, and worship. And what is he saying there? He's basically saying, as letter A says, it he's taking the focus off of himself and he's putting it on God. And that's what happens when you praise, when you worship God, when you tell him how much you love him, it takes the focus off of you. It takes the focus off of your issues. It takes the focus off of your challenges, off of your shortcomings and your weaknesses, and it puts the focus on the Father. That's why I love the song that we sing. It says, doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be your promises to me. We don't live by our emotions. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I see. We walk by faith and not by sight. But my hope will always lie in the promises that you have, that you've given to me. Lastly, remember this. When you live in this place, in this place of understanding and knowing the love of God, focus on your inner self, rely on the power of prayer. 
get back to this place of loving God and knowing how much he loves you, your spirit opens up to experience God's greater love for you. And when you experience that greater love, when you experience that greater love that God has for you, you can't help but love him back. It's the only response that you have. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.